Welcome to another session of our Regine Life Conversation, the Regine Life Experience, as we speak to the reality of the life of Jesus that has been given to everyone who believes. And the important thing about this life is that many Christians who have received Jesus Christ, they do not really understand what receiving Jesus Christ is. For most people, they're associated with joining a church and just trying to live right as best they can. But God has given us so much in the life of Jesus. All the blessings of heaven come to us in a package called Jesus Christ. God has regenerated us in him. And as we walk through these sessions together, you'll see why it became necessary for God to start over after Adam failed. After Adam failed, God is going to give us a new experience in the life of Jesus. So the last session, we were looking at the Adam effect. And we saw what happened in the garden, how Satan tempted Eve. And through Eve, Adam also succumbed to the temptation. And the whole race, the whole human race, was plunged in darkness, in sin, in oppression and exploitation by the devil. And the world in which we now live is not what God created it to be. What you think is real is not real. And the devil keeps humanity in a place of oppression by using the world to manipulate what we think, what we feel, how we look at life, the type of decisions we make with our lives. And even when it comes to serving God, the devil still uses the world to impede our life in Christ so that we cannot get ahead the way we want to in our spiritual journeys. And so I'm hoping that as we go through this class together, that you will be able to see the benefits of having a clearer understanding of what's going on in your own life and how the devil is perpetrating these acts against you without your knowledge. And we just allow him to do as he pleases because we do not know this is going on with us. So through the Regine Life experience, we are going to explore quite a number of things. You have already received seven different sessions via the podcast. All the sessions will be sent to you via the podcast. Please go and listen, review. If you have questions, when we come back, you are free to ask questions. Or you can text me in the podcast and I'll respond to your questions. And so today we are going to look at the second part of the Adam effect, the far-reaching results of Adam transgression, how it has impacted humanity in a really diabolical way, a way that humanity itself doesn't understand. And humanity cannot take itself out of what Adam did. We need outside help. We need divine rescue. But we'll speak to that issue in another conversation. So for today, we are going to take a look at the Adam effect, part two the far-reaching results of Adam's transgression on humanity. So here we are on part two. The most dangerous thing that happened, the most sinister thing that happened, is that Adam's transgression affected human identity. Identity confusion is one of the great pitfalls of Adam's transgression. We don't know who we are. You see, apart from our connection to God, our existence is in a bubble like a matrix. We are going around in circles and we don't know where we are going. Because Adam's identity was the image of God in him. And apart from the image of God, Adam had no other way of identifying himself. And I was filling out a, a form earlier today, a medical form, and on that form, you used to have male and female as identity. Now we're seeing questions that ask, what were your gender when you were born? Is this your, your gender now? They're asking these questions on the form and you can choose to answer it or not answer. How do you describe your gender? Is it male, female, bisexual, this, that, or other, and so on. And between male and female, there are about 57 or more different 
types of gender identities. And people are trying to find themselves in that confusion. Because apart from the image of God, mankind does not really have an identity. For some people, the identity is black, others it is white, others it's Asian, but is that really who we are? So who are we? We wear masks because that's what self does. Self is always projecting different identities. As a matter of fact, humanity is like a race going mad because on the planet, everybody have multiple personalities. They have personalities for different occasions. According to the occasion, they present a personality. So we are already living in split personalities. Everything the folk who are crazy in the world are the only crazy ones. Talk about those who have all these different identities and they cannot decide which one really is their true identity. It's crazy, isn't it? Really crazy. But we play, play along with the devil. We play along with that. We play along with it every day. People project a different self. They go on Facebook, they present a self there. They present a different one on Instagram and all the social media. And when you ask them, who are you really? They cannot tell. So how it all happened? Well, it happened in the garden. That's where it started. And we have read this before. It's good for us to remember. It is good to have the history, know where it happened, what happened, how it happened, what was the result, so we can know what to do now and in the future. Because we are still dealing with the same devil. Genesis 3, 8 and 9, after Adam and Eve sinned, they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. People are still hiding today. Many are still hiding from God or think they are hiding. How delusional is that? So they were hiding and they thought they were hiding. They thought God couldn't see them. Something went wrong for them to think like that. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Well, when God asks a question, it's not because God does not know the answer. God knows the answer to all questions. As a matter of fact, he has more answers than there are questions to be asked. When asking this question, where are you? God was not really looking for Adam. He knew where Adam was physically. But the question was for Adam to discover within himself where he was in his relationship to God. So God may ask us, where are you? Uh, he will know maybe you are in Trinidad or New York or somewhere, you know where you are physically, but as far as your relationship with him goes, where are you? Adam was not at home. The image of God that controlled Adam's life, the influence of that image that gave Adam his identity was completely nullified. It was replaced and suppressed by another image, the image of the self, in which reside all fear and all sin and all lust. So when Adam and Eve started hiding, was not the image of God hiding from, it, from, from God, because it's impossible for the image of God to hide from God. It's God's image. But Adam was hiding because he was identifying himself by another image, which is the image of the self. Look at himself now. He was lost spiritually. The image was disconnected from God. Adam could not find his way back home. He was like a lost sheep. That was Adam. So Adam said to the Lord, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid. Because I was naked and I hid myself. Notice all those I language, the I language. If you go to the book of Isaiah chapter 14 from verse 12 to 14, you will see the devil using the same I language when he went against God, when he wanted to be like God. All the things he projected, all the things he coveted about God, he wanted to be like that himself. So Adam is speaking 
But it's another spirit speaking out of Adam, not the image of God. And God asked him, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Wow, that's very interesting. Pay attention to what Adam said. I was afraid. God's image has no fear. So who was really afraid? It's another image. That's the image of the self or the image of the devil. I was naked. God's spirit image was covered by Adam's body. So who was really naked? It's another image. And then he said, I hid myself. God's image cannot hide from its source. It's like a shadow trying to hide from the, the body that's casting the shadow. Have you ever tried to jump when you were a kid? Jump on your shadow? As you jump on the shadow, the shadow is jumping with you. Your shadow could not hide from you and you could not hide from your shadow. And so it was the image of God could not hide from God. So when men avert God, when men do not want to acknowledge God, it's not the image of God that's doing that. It's another image in them that is directing their thoughts, their words and actions that make them God averse. They do not want to be engaged with God. They don't want to do with anything spiritual or religious because they don't feel comfortable in that atmosphere. Who is creating that? And they think that's really who they are. Adam thought this was really who he was. He said, I was afraid, I was naked, I hid myself. God told him, who told you you were naked? Well, I told myself because I looked. He did not know that his whole nature had changed. His vision of himself had changed because the image of God in him was now suppressed and replaced by the image of the human self. This is a legacy. So Adam experienced an identity crisis. I was afraid, I was naked, I hid myself. Fear, nakedness, and avoidance. That was Adam's spirit that he gave to all his generations. And when God asked him the question, who told you you were naked? Well, of course, Adam thought he told himself, but Adam was really speaking under the influence of the evil one, but he did not know it. So many things we are telling ourselves about ourselves and even about others are coming from the evil one working in us and we don't even know it. They are either of the two spirits working in us, either the spirit of God or the spirit of the evil one. There's nothing else. The body without spirit is dead. When a person is dead, the spirit goes back to God. So Adam did not know that his life was being run by another entity, just as humanity does not know it. Everybody thinks they are doing things on their own. Everybody thinks, well, I am moving under my own power. I'm making my own decisions. Some people are powerless when certain decisions they make and repeat them over and over and over again. What's going on? I call it the hack of humanity. Humanity has been hacked like a computer. You know, the computer does not know it is hacked. The computer just functions normally, but its internal order was changed. So that it does not function the way the designer, the creator of that computer designed it to function. Because somebody got in there through some virus and changed the operation of the computer. Satan's virus in us is the human self. This is what encourages many to rebel against God because it is the image of the evil one rebelling against God himself. So Satan decided to fight God through the human soul, using his influence in the human soul to rebel against God. So the rebellion which started in heaven, when Satan was kicked out, he brought to earth and he's using humanity now to spit in the face of God. Very interesting in the conversation that God had with Adam. God said to Adam, have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? First he asked him, who told you you were naked? 
And then he followed up question by saying, have you eaten from the tree? So the nakedness and the discernment of this nakedness has some connection to the tree. You see the eating of the fruit indicated a shift in Adam's internal default setting had occurred. The problem was not the eating of the fruit. The problem was the decision that was made before the fruit was eaten. You see, and Satan does this all the time. He makes us look at the act of sin. He wants us to focus on the act or the fruit of sin while he's working on the root that is producing that fruit. So if you're trying to look at the, the act, Satan is saying, you go ahead, look at the act, but I'm, I'm creating the conditions that will make this act occur again and again and again. And what he gave to humanity is the human self. And out of the human self, we have the most atrocious acts. Those of you who are listening to the news and see and, and have heard what happened there in Ukraine, what the soldiers, the Russian soldiers did to innocent civilians, what it did to people, children. How could people be so inhumane? Because there's a demonic spirit working in humanity that humanity does not understand. Men think they're just doing these things, but they have no idea that they have yielded themselves to demonic influences. So eating of the fruit indicated a shift had taken place in Adam. Something happened within him that prompted him to eat the fruit. God's image no longer control Adam's thoughts or his perception of reality. Because now he's looking at his physical body as the reality of himself, when God says the reality of who you are is my image in you. I made you in my image. And my image is not your physical body because I don't have a physical body. God does not have a physical body. God is a spirit. So the image of God is his spirit. So Satan replaced the image of God with his own image, the image of the human self. The domain of human reason elevating itself above the word of God, above the will of God, above anything that's called God. We know what God says, but we put that aside. We use our own human intelligence and we'll do something different. And we think it's okay. We do not know we'll be controlled by another spirit. There are only two spirits in the world. In the book of John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 6, there are only two spirits, the spirit of truth and the spirit of lies. And the human spirit is a spirit of lies. Because Satan is the father of lies. John 8 and verse 44. So here we are looking at what happened to Adam. We can connect when we see things happening in our lives and in, in, in society. Self is idolized in society today. Everything is about the self. And people do not know that self really is Satan sitting in the human soul like God. That's who self is. That's why self has so many faces. Self is deceptive because the devil is deceptive. He makes us believe we can create all these different identities to project different opinions about the self that are not even true. And so people are pretending every single day to be who they are not because they don't really know who they are. So we have the rise of the self-God. The seed of Satan, the seed of self-preservation. I do everything to preserve the self, myself. It's also a seed of resistance and rebellion. It's also a seed of self-centeredness. In every relationship, the self wants to be pleased. It's also a seed of independence. I just want to be independent. I want to be free. I want to be independent of everyone else. It's amazing how that works sometimes. Does a child want to be independent? As soon as a child learns to walk, doesn't want the parents to hold a hand. They want to, they don't know where they're going. They see them running, going down the road. They have no idea where they're going. 
but they just want independence. They want self-governance. I don't want anyone to control me. I want to control myself. Well, here's the truth. Somebody's controlling the self without the knowledge of the self. It is the one whose image is the self. Remember in turn human self, when we turn the word human self or each self backwards, you get flesh, the same thing. What the Bible calls flesh is really the operation of the human self, independent from God. So the human self became dominant. The human self image replaced the image of God. And that's why people have difficulties even when they become Christians, when they're born again, they're still trying to be a Christian living from the self-image instead of the restored image of God through Jesus Christ. And if people only get this right, living for Christ would be a breeze. It would be a breeze. Because the image that creates our identity. And our identity is what produces our reality. Reality determines how we function. And that will determine the quality of our life. So everything starts with the image. Believe that. If you're going business, every company wants to have a unique image. Even little kids, when they are driving in the car and they see that big yellow M, they know McDonald's because it creates an image. So humanity got a twisted image. image of the self. And if you have a twisted image, you have a twisted identity. That's why people cannot identify themselves anymore. And the identity we use are not even true identities. Human identity was limited to sensual perception. Only what we can see and hear and touch and feel, those things we say they are real. If we can see it and can perceive it, we think they do not exist, but they do. God created things visible and invisible, and everything created visible came from the invisible. But humanity doesn't know that because they lost that, they lost track of that when Adam sinned. So our identity became limited to our sensual perception. So when we start talking about spiritual things and spiritual realities, people are confused, they don't understand, because they only could deal with the concrete, what they can see and feel and taste and touch. We have no identity that is based on physical features. The color of the eyes, the shape of the nose, the texture of the hair. And that's why we have race problems. Because now humans are identifying themselves in all these different ways. That's why we have prejudice. So when a person say, well, I am gay, I am bisexual, I am this, you have people who say, well, I'm straight and this. So what we have a division because people have multiple identities and the devil enjoys it because it creates chaos and confusion. You can never have communion and oneness. But no, identity is based upon physical appearance. Then we have identity confusion. People don't know whether they are male, female, or in between. There are some people. And of course, the promotion of division and perpetual human strife is because of twisted identities. The big war that's going on right now, people in Russia think they're different from the people in Ukraine because they were born in different parts of the country. And this is not only pertaining to political life, it's also in religious life, the same thing. People identify themselves by their religion and not by the restored image of God in them. Same problem. So it's like religious racism. So you have denominations fighting against one another just as races fight against one another. Why? Because their perception of the identity is different to the identity of that person. And they all say they're Christians. They're born again of the same life of Jesus. But that's not my identity. My identity is Baptist. My identity is Pentecostal. My identity is Adventist. My identity is 
open Bible, whatever the identity is, and none of them are true. The only true identity is the image of God, restored. And the other identity is the image of the evil one. Everything else, a masquerading of what true identity is. And that's why there's conflict. So Satan has created a perfect scenario for all kinds of problems. So the Adam effect is a generational phenomenon. It affects all generations. Or people pass on what they learn. Romans 5 verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. The life of Adam has touched every human being because we all came out of him. That's the Adam effect. Romans 5.19, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. I'm thankful the text did not stop there. So also by one man's obedience, pay attention to that, many will be made righteous. Pay attention to that. Not by many people obeying something, they become righteous. Because we cannot become righteous by obeying stuff. Only one man give us righteousness, the man Jesus Christ. Just as one man give us sinfulness, Adam. By Adam's one disobedience, he passed on that seed of disobedience to all his children. And in the same way, it's what Christians have to understand. It's what I'm saying. People do not know the life they have received. They are still trying to live for God from the life that was given disobedience. The life that came from Adam. That's why they struggle. They don't, don't understand. But by one man's obedience, not many men obeying, one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. So your righteousness and mine does not depend on us trying to be perfect. I'm going to give God some perfect obedience here. No. Your righteousness and mine belongs to the life of Jesus that gave birth to another seed. When a person is born again, the life that is born again is a righteous seed coming from the man who obeyed Jesus Christ. When we were born into this world, our life came out of the fallen seed of this man called Adam. But when we are born again, our new life in the spirit is coming out of the man who obeyed all things, who is Jesus Christ. So why would I want to choose Adam's life over Jesus' life? That's a no-brainer. Every seed produces after its kind. That's a law. The law of procreation. God made that law. In Genesis 1, 11, 12, several times in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says, and every seed producing after its kind. So what kind of seed Adam produce? Pay attention. Many people walk around saying, well, I'm a child of God. I was created in the image of God. And it's not true. But they think it is. So not because I think something is true makes it true. Let's see what the word of God has to say. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam, or the generation of Adam. You see the word gene in there? That's why the class is called Regened Life. God had to regene us out of his own spirit. We want people to understand what regene life is. This is the generation of Adam, or the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. That's Adam. He created them, male and female. They don't see any she-male or anything like that in there. Male and female. He created them. 
and he blessed them and called them mankind. You call them Adam. The word Adam really means human or mankind. In the day they were created, Adam and Eve. And Adam lived 130 years and begot. What does it mean to begot somebody? He begot a son. His son was not created as he was. He begot a son in his own image. Not in the image of God now. In this fallen image that he got because of transgression. So his children are coming out like him. Because every seed is producing after its kind. And it goes all down the generations that it came to us. So when our parents give birth to us, we're already born in sin. Nobody had to teach us to sin and to rebel and to disobey. It was already ingrained in us. In our genes, in our psyche. Adam begot a son. Begot means give birth to. Or he fathered a son. After 130 years. That's way after the fall. They had no children before the fall. The children came after they fell in sin. So Adam begot a son in his own likeness. After his image. So everybody beside Adam and Eve came out in the likeness of sinful Adam, out of the image of sinful Adam. So Adam's generations were not created. They were all born in his likeness after his fallen image. So you see everybody walk around saying, I'm a child of God. But people can say whatever they wish. But God says, all who are his children, they are led by his spirit. Romans 8, 14. Only those who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. Not those who lead themselves by their own self-desires, selfish ways, and so forth. That's a different God. I want to pause here so we can reconnect with what we have just heard to see if you have any questions over what I just shared with you as to where Adam and Eve were, what happened as a result of a damaged image and what has been passed on to the generations. Any questions? Or you may have a comment. All right, so we move on. Living against impossible odds, humanity of it itself cannot get out of the situation, out of the mess that Adam created for us. We are going to see the ultimate effect of Adam's transgression. We have impossible odds against us and that's why people find themselves in all types of situations in this life. Humanity was sold out to sin. David expressed it in Psalm 51 verse 5. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. In sin, my mother conceived me. In Psalm 58 verse 3, the Bible says, the wicked, they go astray from God. They go separated from God from birth. They are separated from the womb, the Bible says. They are born telling lies. They are born with the nature of the liar in them. It's amazing to see how little infants try to trick their parents and try to lie and try to pretend they are innocent of, they don't understand what they are doing and they'll do it again and then what? look at you. And when you turn away, as soon as you turn away, they do it again. You have to teach them to do it. It's already there. Paul in Romans 7, 14, he said, For we know that the law is spiritual, or the word of God is spiritual. But I am carnal. I am fleshly. I am self-destructive, self-generated, self-directed. 
I'm carnal, I'm sold under sin, I'm sold as a slave to sin. Couldn't help himself. So the mind, my mind is against me. This natural mind that people have that they, have, they, they we educate so much, it's against them and they don't know it. The heart of man, and this heart really is your spirit, is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Many people are surprised when they see people, what people will do to others. But it's because the human heart really, or the human spirit is the spirit of the evil one that is running and driving the race to madness. And we think we are looking at natural, normal people, but we don't know that these people are being driven by the evil one. Jeremiah exclaimed in Jeremiah 10, 23, oh Lord, I know, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. People think they know where they are going, but they don't. I just read a sad story of a teenager who went to Florida, went to an amusement park to enjoy himself with his friends, got on a ride, thought this was going to be the ride of his life. It was the last ride in his life. Very sad. People are planning things that they don't know will destroy them. They're hoping to get some happiness at the end of the road, but they end up in death. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The devil makes people believe they, they know where they're going, but they don't. He does not show them what's going to happen down there. The way of man is not in himself. People make resolutions all the time and they just do not have the power or the ability to keep them. So the mind is against him. The natural body, nature and the body is also against the natural man. Paul writing in Romans 7 says, look, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, in this body, nothing good dwells. Paul recognized an evil within. He said, for to will is present with me. I want to do what is good. But how to perform it? How to perform what is good? I do not find. For the good that I will to do, the good that I really want to do, I find myself not doing it. But the evil that I do not want to do, I find myself practicing it. What a thing. Then he goes on by saying, now if I do what I will not to do, in other words, if I do what I really don't want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. There's something in humanity that is so destructive that will make humanity destroy itself. He says, sin in me makes me do this thing. In my mind, I don't want to do it, but it's like I can't help myself. And some people are driven to suicide because the same devil is telling them in their mind, you can't help yourself, so kill it. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wants to do good. I know we have all been there. We want to do right, but we find ourselves doing wrong. We have no idea what's working against us on the inside. Our body and nature against us. In the natural, that is. For I delight in the law of God. I want to do what God says according to the inward man. I want to do what God says in my heart. But I see another law in my members fighting or warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members still find myself doing these things, cursing people out, abusing people. I'm asking God to help me. I don't want to do this, but I still find myself doing it. Adam cannot please God. Our natural life cannot please God. Why? Because the devil has no intention of pleasing God. Our natural life is influenced by the evil one, and he has no intention of pleasing God. 
because the carnal mind or the natural mind or the mind that is self-directed is enmity against God because God established that enmity between his seed and the seed of the devil. The seed of God is the image of God. The seed of the devil is the image of the devil. Two seeds, two different images. The image of the self and the image of Jesus Christ. The carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh, or who operate by the carnal mind, or by just the human mind, or just the self-directed mind, cannot please God. It can't happen. They may try, but they do not have the ability to do so. Because the devil has no intentions of pleasing God. So those who are in the flesh or running by the natural life have a difficult time trying to please God. So I cannot become righteous or holy by doing good deeds. Uh-uh. Some people think if they go and work for the church, well, I'll be good. We cannot become righteous or holy by doing good deeds. Remember the text? By one man's disobedience, all became sinners. It took one man's obedience to bring righteous children. It's like this. Adam, because he became sinful, he could only father sinful children. Christ, because he was righteous and did no sin, he can only produce sinless children. But people don't understand the life, so they're born again, they're going to church, and they still call themselves sinners. Every time they go to pray to God, they call themselves a sinner. So Christ didn't produce them. They are still living under the identity of Adam and not the identity of Jesus Christ. By one man's obedience, many are made righteous. But Christians just have to understand that. They are trying to create their own righteousness by working hard for it, but getting nowhere. The prophet Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 64 and verse 6, but we are all like unclean things. An unclean thing. For all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We just can't make, as we say in common language in Trinidad and Tobago. They can't make. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Wow. Ultimately, the Adam effect is really separation from God. Separation from the power of God's life. And we are running now with the power from the evil one's life and trying to please God from that platform. That's an impossibility. The devil is never going to give anyone that privilege to please God. In Ephesians 4, reading from verse 17, Paul wrote this very powerful statement. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, or the unconverted. Don't walk like them. How do they walk? In the futility of their mind. These people who will spend all the time thinking and plotting and trying to make life what they think it should be. They are futile in their operations. Look at what's going on in our world right now. With all the intelligence and all the intellectual reasoning and with all the human ingenuity, we have a world in chaos. People are confused. The Bible says they're operating in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened. They can't think right. Being alienated or separated or cut off from the life of God. Cut off from light. So you have darkness. Cut off from life. So you have death. They are cut off from the life of God because of the ignorance. They don't even know. The ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts, the blindness of their spirit. And if you read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, 
you see that the God of this age, the devil, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, those who are perishing. He's the one who is blinding their hearts so they cannot see the glory of light, the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Sin pays a faithful wage, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, O oh Lord. Thank God he did not stop at death. We're going to look at the next part of this story in a subsequent session. Another episode. But the wages of sin is death. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is the way of death. How many people have walked into their death when they thought they were walking into a life of some fantastic experience. The drug addict who's trying to get a higher high did not know it was going to end his life or her life. Person who went to the, the, fet, the dance hall, thought they were going to get men a fet of their life, didn't know that a gunman was going to come in there and kill people. We don't know what's going to happen. Many people plan to be married and they thought they're marrying their knight in shining armor. It turned out to be a dragon from hell. And the man who thought he was marrying a princess and an angel, it was a devil in a red dress. It's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Humanity has no idea. No idea. So Adam put a death sentence on all humanity. That's the ultimate. The ultimate is death. The ultimate effect of Adam's transgression is separation from the life of God. And when we are separated from the life of God, it's like an unplugged cell phone. Sooner or later, it dies. We are unplugged from God. The thing is, you could recharge the cell phone. God has given us one opportunity to recharge. And that is in Jesus Christ. There's no other alternative. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved by the name of Jesus. He's the charging station. For as in Adam, all die. All. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after death, the judgment. In Adam, all die. Even so, in Christ, those who were once dead, can be made alive because he came back from the dead. So the story does not end there. We have a word of hope. There's a word of hope. We see the Adam effect, but we'll have the Jesus factor to take care of the Adam effect in our next episode. So here's our word of hope as we come to the end of this session. Therefore, as to one man, Adam, one man's offense, judgment came to all men. One man brought it to all, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteousness or one man's righteous act, Jesus Christ, the free gift, you don't have to work for it, it's free. Just receive it. Receive Christ. He's the gift. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men. Everybody have the opportunity, but not everybody is embracing the opportunity, resulting in justification of life. Instead of condemnation, you have justification. Instead of death, you have life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Don't try to become righteous by your works. It can't happen. Christ already did it for you, for me, by one man's obedience. God is so wise. I love it. He has made salvation easy for everyone. Man gives you work for salvation. Hear what I'm telling you, folks. Men will give you work for salvation. God didn't give you work. He gave you rest. Come unto me, Jesus says. 
and I will give you rest, not work. And many are working, 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 hoping that their works will give them a place with God. Well, one man's righteousness has made all who believe in him righteous too. Praise the Lord. And so we have concluded the Adam effect. And what Adam did, where sin abound, grace abounds the more. So even though through Adam's transgression, many were made sinners consigned to death, condemned, we have hope. And we'll talk about hope in our next episode. So at this time, before we close our episode today, I'm going to take any questions or comments you may have before we dismiss. Anyone? Pastor. Yes. Can I um, conclude that nakedness was not an obvious physical condition, but more a condition of the mind? Let me put it this way. The spirit God created Adam with his own image, but he put Adam in a body. Mm -hmm. So Adam really was the image of God. The body was like a covering of his image. Okay. After Adam's sin, he lost connection with his identity and the reality of his image. So now he's in the image of the self and all he's using now is his physical eyes. Remember what the devil did? Eve, when she saw that she was good for food, she's now outside the realm of the spirit and just using her senses. Yeah. From that day till now, we still use our senses to create our reality. Why? Because we have the wrong image of ourselves. And so we see nakedness because for us, the reality is the physical. Right. When we read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where Paul is talking about this house in which we live, he's talking about the body in which we live. He says, I want my other house that God is making, one that cannot die. So I don't have to be a naked spirit. I don't want to walk around naked, he said, in, as a spirit, but I want to have my body house. Okay. Yes. So unless I acknowledge my spirit man and leave from that identity, I will just be a pawn in Satan's hand. Absolutely. Because your, your concept of reality is already undermined. Okay. If you don't have the reality of yourself, you'll never have the reality of anything else. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyone else? Well, I thank you again for being here as we conclude another episode of the Regine Life. Of